Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, I'll give you step-by-step action plans to reach your health goals, as well as my favorite recipes I know you and your family will enjoy. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Nourish, Eat, Repeat. So we're mid-February, so I thought I'd do a check-in to see how you're doing with your health goals. If you are crushing them, if you gave up on them already, I know the new year is a time when most people like to recommit to their health goals, to exercise, to eating well, and usually around the three, four week mark, we start to lose interest in those goals. And by six weeks, we've forgotten we've already made them. So just wanted to see how everyone's doing. And um, I know something that I have worked at creating a boundary around is walking with my friend every Tuesday. So every Tuesday, my friend Alyssa and I go for about a five and a half mile walk. Takes us about an hour and 20 minutes or so. So we're moving. And it's just a really nice part of my week where we can reconnect and talk about what's going on, but also get some exercise. And I would much prefer a walking date than a sitting down at a restaurant date. I just, I love the idea of being able to move and connect at the same time. And so we work really hard to try to preserve that time for ourselves but today was a doozy. So we started our walk. I bet we we only got maybe a half a mile in and all of a sudden the skies just opened up and started pouring. And it was a little warm today. So all I had on was a long sleeve shirt and a regular sweatshirt. She had on at least a shell jacket. And she's like, let's, let's pull over to like under this tree and check the radar. But it was just so funny because the trees are bare right now because it's winter. So I'm like, I don't really think we're getting much protection under this tree. And it looked like it was going to just pour the whole time. And so we're like, you know what? Let's just go walk around the block. I had a library book to return. And then we'll just walk back. We'll just call it. But by the time we got to the library, it stopped raining. And so we're like, all right, well, I guess we're okay. And then, I don't know, maybe a half a mile later, it started pouring again, and then it would clear up, and then it would pour, and so we were drowned rats by the time we finished our walk. I think we got to the, around the third mile, and we're like, well, at this point, we might as well just keep going, so we were laughing on our way back to her car, just saying, I think this is like in the top three walking experiences of horrible conditions like at first I said oh this is probably in the top 10 and by the end of the walk I'm like oh no this is definitely in the top three uh another one that made it I think last year it was the wind chill was below zero and we couldn't even hear each other talk because we had so many so many layers on our head and big thermal hats and scarves and our coats all the way up over our ears that we basically just had our heads down and 
and speed walk the whole entire time because we couldn't even, it wasn't even worth talking. We couldn't hear each other through the wind and both of us were, were just freezing. So that's commitment, right? You know, most people, ah, it looks like it's going to rain. I won't walk today. Don't let that be your excuse. Grab your sneakers, grab a coat, grab an umbrella, you know, especially if you live in Pennsylvania, the weather will not always be sunny and 70, even though we really want it to be. So I was actually really proud of ourselves for sticking through it and, and doing the distance, even though we had every reason to turn back and not move through with it. And so, um, yeah, just checking in to see how you're doing, what, if you've succumbed to your excuses or if you've persevered. I'd love to hear how you're, how you're doing with your goals. Today, we're going to talk about a sensitive topic, not terribly sensitive, but, you know, how to spot a bogus diet, right? And we like to think we're above falling for, you know, the standard industry tricks. But the truth is, we're not. We're emotional creatures. We want to believe so desperately that this is going to be the plan to change it all. And so a lot of times we're willing to ignore the red flags in the marketing aspect of, you know, that particular diet, or we're willing to overlook the common sense piece in order to appeal to our emotional frustration with past failed dieting attempts, whatever it may be. So I thought it would be a really, you know, timely and just really purposeful episode today to, to talk about what are some of those red flags that we should be on alert for and how to know where to put our money and our resources, you know, into if we want to see results. Because ultimately, nobody's throwing their money away for failed attempts. And the whole reason you hand over your wallet is because you are expecting some type of value. And I want you to get that. And I don't want you to waste time or money or mental energy doing things that aren't going to get you anywhere. So this uh, today, we're going to go over five ways to identify a fad diet, a bogus diet, a, a quick fix, if you will, and what you should be looking for when you're looking at where to invest your your time, money, uh, and resources. So uh You know, when I started creating this list and and going through it, it actually brought me back to one of my first experiences as a dietitian. Uh, I worked clinical for a couple years in Philadelphia and then just couldn't stand the commute and started looking elsewhere for job opportunities. And I remember I had an, an opportunity to work in a facility and we had a brand new program that they were going to unroll. And I was going to be the dietitian, the face of the program, the expert teaching the material. And the people I worked for were going to use their resources, their connections to bring people to the program. And I remember one night in particular, we were doing a, a promo and invited people to come in and listen to the, to the program to see if they wanted to join. And one of the people that I worked with made the slide deck and I was supposed to present it. And we got to this one part of the slide deck where there were a bunch of before and after pictures. And I remember asking the guy, like, 
hold on. This is a brand new program. Like nobody has ever done this program. It's completely new. What the heck? <laughs> like, where are we getting these pictures? Like these people did not do the program. This is a lie. And I remember he just looked at me and he's like, are you kidding me? Everybody does it. Everybody in the industry does it. You know, you're not selling them. You're not telling them that these particular people got that result. You're selling them what kind of results they could get. And I remember just looking at him and being like, huh? Like, hold on a second. Like, you're not. When I see a slide deck of people's before and after, my mind doesn't go to, oh, this is the type of result I could get knowing that these people never got that result from doing this particular program. My expectation is they did the program and these are the results they got. Like, I don't think conceptually. I think, you know, very realistically, very hands-on, whatever you want to call it. Like, verbatim, I take it word for word. You tell me that these people did the program and these are the results they got. That's where my brain goes. I, I don't think conceptually. And so that was a red flag for me, like, hold on, I don't know if this is the right company to work for. And then another indicator that uh, things were a little shady were the type of things that we had people do throughout the course of the program. It was just really unrealistic to do long term. And I remember saying that to one of the the um, people that worked in the company, I was like, you know, I think we need to, to do something differently. I feel like we're, we're not doing our people a service by giving them such a, a quick fix program. And I remember he looked at me in the, the, the eyes and he's like, even better, they'll fail and then they'll have to rejoin again in order to get the weight off. And it was then that I knew like, okay, I can't do this because as somebody who formerly struggled with their weight and, you know, trying to get to a healthier place with their body, I knew how hard that work was and how emotionally draining that work was and how desperately I wanted to find something that I trusted and believed in, knowing that the people had my best interest at heart. And this was not the company that had people's best interest at heart. It was based on um, pulling one over on their customers and setting them up to fail so that they could get repeat business. And ethically, morally, it just, it wasn't a good fit. And, and I left there fairly quickly, but it was just a shame because I saw it from the back end and I just... I want more for people. I want better for people. And unfortunately, those types of companies are everywhere, everywhere. It's why nutrition is so confusing because everyone has a loud voice. Everyone is an expert. And when you're willing to sacrifice people's well-being and lives for money, which I, you know, I guess you can say that with many different industries. It's not just the health industry. Anyway, I, I just can't do it. I cannot do it and I won't do it and I don't have to do it. I can do it differently where 
I really do care about people and they know that and they know I'm not going to sell them something unless I truly believe in my heart of hearts that it's in their best interest. I mean, we sell supplements at Body Metrics. We have a couple different things. I think we have curcumin, we have multivitamins, we have omega-3s, and I feel like we have one more thing. But I always tell my clients, oh, probiotics, that's what we have. You know, they're like, oh, well, do you recommend one? Hey, that would be a fantastic opportunity to push the supplement line that we have. And I tell them, like, well, we have some here, but I can also give you some names of different products at CVS if you'd prefer to go there instead. You know, and some people are like, no, you know what? I'm here. I'll just get these because it's easier. And other people are like, thank you. I appreciate you giving me options to allow me to pick the best fit for, for me and my family or financial or whatever it is that motivates them. Right? But So I don't know. It just drives me nuts when people give out wrong information in order to make more money and then you have some honest people really trying to do the right thing and their message isn't heard because of all the loud noise. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to fix that. I'm going to give you the information so you have it and you can move forward knowing that you are making your best decisions when it comes to your health. So five things that we need to look out for. Number one, is any diet that promotes a one-size-fits-all approach, okay? So a lot of diets out there will say that just follow these steps and you will get the results. Everybody just needs to follow these steps. Uh, It used to be this thing where everybody needs to follow keto or everybody needs to do intermittent fasting or every person needs to... um, cut out this particular food group. Everybody needs to go gluten-free for health. Any diet that over-exaggerates a large population group that will benefit from this program is definitely one that sends up a red flag because we're not robots, right? We all have different time restraints. We have different preferences. We have different, you know, foods that feel good in our bodies. We like and enjoy different exercises. You know, for every person that likes one thing, I can find you another person who hates it. So when you try to overgeneralize that this approach meets everybody's needs, you've already told your first lie because it doesn't work that way. Nutrition specifically is very individualized. This is why I struggle to create group programs because everybody has a unique situation and a unique circumstance that either prohibits them from following through with a goal or accelerates them to reaching a goal. And there are definite commonalities between people, but for the most part, you can't say that one particular way of eating or one particular way of exercise is the way for every person because it's just not true. So that's number one. If your diet, you know, that is that you're looking at overgeneralizes a system that works for every single person, regardless of age, socioeconomic class, um, lifestyle, if it overcomes all of those potential obstacles, it's usually too good to be true, right? 
again, we all have different preferences, different needs, different styles of doing things. And when it comes to finding a program that works for you, you need somebody who will, who is willing to acknowledge and identify your unique circumstances and then help you work through them. That's really important. The second thing that sets up a red flag is programs that promise revolutionary content or secret formulas. Here's the deal. There are no secrets. If there were secrets that actually gave long-term results, you would know about them. You know who else would know about them? Oprah. And she would buy stock in it. And she would be the one to tell you because she would want to make millions more. The thing with diet programs is, again, they are marketing towards your emotional side. There is a lot of noise in the nutrition industry. And so to get you to click on their program or look more into their and read more of their information, they have to come up with shiny headlines, things that are going to make you click on the information, right? Saying here, are, you know, 10 or no, actually, let me back up a second. You know, buy my program for long lasting, sustainable results. Nobody's going to buy that. Nobody's going to look more into that. You know, they're going to look into the things that, you know, you know, click on this for five secret tips on how to lose weight. You'll never believe number four. Right. And then you start thinking, oh, I wonder what number four is. And then you start clicking on things. So listen, our industry is no different than any other industry vying for your attention. They're going to come up with really attractive headlines, you know, between news headlines, social media. We are inundated with information all day long. And so the things that are boring and mundane aren't going to capture our attention even if the boring and mundane is actually what is healthiest for us, we're going to click on the things that are really out there and shiny and appeal to our emotions. All right. So again, anything that says they have a secret formula, you know, never heard of before. Uh-uh. It is a lie. <laughs> it is a lie. And um, don't fall for it. All right. Number three. Any program that promises you ridiculous amounts of weight loss in a short time frame. So lose 10 pounds in two weeks. Lose 20 pounds in one month. Lose 20 pounds in 20 days or, or whatever it tells you. If they give you a specific number in a really short time frame, you know that that is a bogus diet plan, all right? First of all, there are no guarantees. They make it sound like it is, but the one thing you can guarantee when you do any program is a disclaimer at the front of the book or the front of the video series that says, you know, results are not guaranteed and the information you hear in this program does not trump what your doctor tells you to do. Like they basically give you all these promises in the sales pitch. And then as soon as you purchase the program, they pull back on all those promises. 
because they know they're lies. And nobody can guarantee anything. Even if you do everything right, you still can't guarantee a specific number. Now, if you want to go back to, you know, what that guy, the guy I worked with at that one business who is like, no, we're not telling you you will lose 20 pounds. We're just giving you the idea that a significant weight loss is possible. I'm going to call BS again because that's not what you're selling. You're telling people if they do your program, then they can expect to lose X amount of weight. And so they go in there with the intention and the anticipation that they will see that number. And then when they don't hit it because it was never a realistic expectation, the program will turn around and say, well, it's your fault. You didn't do it right. You must not have executed it the way it was designed to be. Because they're not taking the, the fall for it. Of course they wouldn't. All right. So again, if you see a program that promises a, a large amount of weight gain in a very short time frame, first of all, it's not possible. The body isn't going to be like, oh, we're doing this program, so I'm going to give it up. There's a lot of different factors that go into weight loss. Not only calories in and out, but the types of foods you're eating, your hydration status, your stress levels, your sleep patterns, all of these have an impact. And so, yeah, it, it's, it's not fair to the individual to make promises that you can't keep. Um, but the other side of it is, you know, what type of weight do you want to lose? This is a really important question. Are you more... Are you more interested in total weight loss or are you interested in fat loss? Because the two are very different. Weight loss could be loss of water, loss of muscle, loss of fat. Or are you interested in just strictly fat loss? Because there was a time where I would do a diet and the, see the scale go down, but it wasn't fat loss. It was water. It was water. But because the scale went down, I could care less. I just wanted to see a, a lower number. And then the next day when I would eat, um, especially if I had a carbohydrate, because for every gram of carbohydrate you eat, you bring in three grams of water. It's just a fact. So I would eat a carb, my weight would go up I'm like, oh, see, I'm failing again. I wasn't failing. I was just bringing in water to digest a meal. And over time I realized, you know what? I really have no interest in watching the scale move up and down for water fluctuations or hormonal fluctuations. What I really wanted to do was change my body composition. That's why at Body Metrics, we do body comp screenings, especially for people that have a weight loss goal, because we want to make sure they're losing the right type of weight and they're not just losing water and muscle because that's actually going to be to your detriment long-term. The more muscle you lose, the slower your metabolism is long-term. And I don't want that. I want my metabolism to be as ramped up and as high as possible for as long as possible. I know I can't maybe keep it up into my 80s and 90s, but I'm gonna give it a valiant effort. <laughs> right? Just because I know I feel better and I feel stronger when I have more muscle mass. And it's really important to me to be as strong as I can for as long as I can, right? I want to be there for my kids and my grandkids. And I want to do all sorts of adventures when we retire. 
I was reading something on Facebook there, I think it was the other day, and it said, you know, the average age of retirement is 60, was it 65 or 67? It was 67. And then the average um, age at death is 79. So basically you only got 12 years once you retire. The whole post was like, so live for now. Don't wait and have 12 years of your life to live. Like start doing your, your living now. But yeah, I don't want to spend that last third of my life depending on others to take care of me uh, and not being able to take care of myself. I just think that's really important. So uh, just, again, beware of any programs that give you a specific weight amount in a very short time frame. It's just not possible. All right, number four, how to spot a bogus diet uh, is any program that overemphasizes the short term. So we live in the world of Amazon Prime, right? We want quick results. We want to buy something. We want it on our doorstep by tomorrow. We look at something. We want to have it in our email box in a matter of seconds. Like we do not like to be patient, right? Even our computers, think of how much they've changed over the years from dial up to where we're at now. We used to have to push a button and then wait minutes until the next screen would appear. Now when our computers are just a little bit slow, we throw a fit, right? So we are in the world of quick results and immediate gratification. And I get it. Immediate gratification is really appealing. But the reality is when it comes to weight loss, nobody wants short-term results. They don't. No one has ever came into my office and said, I'm looking to lose 10 pounds and then I'm okay if I regain it because uh, I'll just lose it again later. Like most people who come into my office are like, I want to lose 10 pounds and keep it off. They're willing to put in the work in the beginning, but then they also realize that, you know, I don't want to go up and down the scale all year round. Like they're, they want the short-term win, but they also want that short-term win to be long-term. Right? Does that make sense? And so any program that overemphasizes the short-term solution, like lose this much weight in 90 days, but then doesn't talk to you about maintenance or actually teaches you what maintenance looks like, here's the deal. There are so many programs out there that'd be like, okay, you're going to do this for your 90 days and then you're going to go into maintenance mode. If maintenance doesn't look the exact same as the diet plan, you've got a program that's lying to you because whatever gets you there keeps you there. There is no going back to your old way of doing things once you hit the goal. Going back to your old way of doing things will get you back to your old weight. It just will. But again, the programs don't tell you that, right? They just tell you to focus on what you can accomplish in the next three months or the next 12 weeks. And they say, good luck after that. You're on your own. And then it's your fault if you can't keep it and sustain it, even though they asked you to do something ridiculous, right? So I remember I had a, 
actually this happened twice now in my office uh, one time it was a guy one time it was a girl and they were telling me that they lost three or that they lost they won three biggest loser contests and you know they said at the time they were really proud of themselves and then they're like hold on wait I shouldn't be winning and losing the same contest over. I should have won it once and then been able to maintain it. So that's a problem, right? So we just have to make sure that whatever program we're picking, number one, we like it. Because again, we're going to stick with it for a really long time. Whatever gets you there keeps you there. So my three rules are, do you like it? Is it sustainable? Again, you hate it you'll quit if it's too hard you'll quit and is it getting you the results you want to get you know you can enjoy going to chick-fil-a every day you can see yourself doing it for the next 10 years but if going to chick-fil-a doesn't get you closer to your health goal then maybe we need to pivot so we have to be able to use our critical thinking skills and know when to pivot when things aren't working, when things are getting stagnant. And we also have to make sure that what we're doing, we really enjoy because we're doing it for the long haul. And any program that doesn't address the long haul is basically just selling you a program. Which leads me into the fifth one, which is a big sign that you are following a bogus diet is the program neglects your overall health and well-being. This is kind of what I was alluding to at the beginning of the of the podcast when I shared that story about the company I worked for. When they would tell people, you know, it's okay if they fail, they'll just have to buy the program again and and yeah, we're not we're not lying to them. We're selling them what's possible. But here's the thing that I have learned with weight management. And I will tell you that we have a box of tissues in every room. Not because every person cries, but because nutrition it tends to be a very vulnerable subject. A lot of insecurities are wrapped around food choices. A lot of shame is wrapped around body image and decisions that people have made in the past. Guilt. And that evokes a lot of emotion. And so we are empathetic, sympathetic to all of that because we care about our people. We care when they're hurting. I have a rule in my office, if you cry, I cry. And any person that's listening to that, this podcast that I've worked with knows that to be true. How many times have I been like grabbing a tissue right along with you? Because I feel your pain and I care about you as a person more than I care about what you had for breakfast. When you look at some of these diets out there, have you ever seen a disclaimer that says chronic dieting has been shown to actually gain weight long term and increase your mental anguish? Nobody ever talks about the guilt and the shame that dieting brings, especially these quick fix diet programs, the ones where they blame you for it not working, even though you were designed to fail from the start. We need to be aware of all the pros and cons before we start a program because failure, failure, 
depletes our trust with ourselves. Every time we fail a diet, we distrust ourselves and our capability to take care of ourselves just a little bit more. And that's not okay. It's not. None of it's okay. You are a human being first and foremost, a strong, capable, intelligent human being. And the diet culture robs you of that true information every time it tells you that you're not worthy and you need to buy this program to be more than. I don't want you to fall for things that ultimately are going to hurt your overall well-being in the long run. You need to you need all the disclaimers up front so you can make your best decision. I tell my clients all the time, like, I'm not the food police. I am on your side. I'm here to offer you a couple different points of view about some of the questions you're asking me. And then together, we'll, we'll make the best decision for you. And, you know, even certain diets that I have to um, suggest for specific health issues, you know, I always tell them, like, you're not good or bad based off of which one you pick. It's just the one that that feels best to you. So that means that is the right decision. I don't ever think, oh, they're really lazy because they're not picking, they're not choosing the option that I'd like them to choose. No, I recognize that they're making the best decision that they can in that moment based on information that you know, obviously I don't have all the information. They're sharing some of it with me, but I have to trust that they know what's best for themselves. So let's review these again. All right. So how you can spot a shady diet plan is programs that promote a one size fits all approach. Programs that promise secret formulas or revolutionary content. Programs that promise you ridiculous large weights amount, weight loss amounts in the short term, in a short time frame. Man, I can't talk. Um, programs that overemphasize the short term versus long term and those that neglect your overall health and well-being. If you can measure a program against these five things and you can say with confidence that uh, it can stand against all five of these factors, then you know you found the right plan for you. And I'll be honest with you, this is where I really struggle at body metrics with marketing things. I'm a terrible marketer. I will just say it right now. I'll put it out there. Marketing feels really hard for me. I don't want to appear slimy and sales pitchy, but I also recognize that if I don't market, nobody knows what services we have to offer. And so I struggle to find that line between helping people versus competing with all the other noise out there to get them to at least consider some of the options that we have at Body Metrics. 
Remember, diet programs are meant to appeal to your emotions. They're making you feel desperate, making you feel inadequate, making you feel vulnerable, but yet this program has the decision, has the answers. And I, I can't dupe people. I, I, I refuse to do it. And so a lot of the things that I post are probably boring. <laughs> I don't even know if people see the stuff that I post, to be honest. I look at some of the things that I put out there and like not one person, I don't even know if they, they see it. Honestly, I think the algorithms probably have my stuff buried somewhere because it's not flashy enough to be worthy of showing up in anybody's feed. But I will tell you this, more people than not, now specifically towards weight management, not a health condition, but more people than not, when they come to body metrics, it's because they've tried everything else and they're just sick of investing their money and time into things that don't work. And so they come to us broken hearted, desperate for a different way. They're like, I've done all the other stuff. It didn't work. And so now I'm ready to do it the right way. And I get a little excited. Not for them and not for the pain that they've experienced, but I get a little excited that, okay, they're ready to learn. They're ready to do the work, the hard work. They're ready to learn about themselves and why they make the decisions they do. And they're ready for healing. And they trust me to be on that journey with them. And that is such a privilege. And it's why I do what I do. It's why any dietitian I would hope does what they do. So at Body Metrics, we're very non-judgmental. Again, not the food police. But we are compassionate. And whether it be from personal experience or just working with such a large amount of people every year, we get it. We get what you've been through. We see you. We see your struggles. And we're here to help. Right? We'll pick up the pieces. We'll rewrite the course. We'll get you where you need to be. And we'll do it with your best interest at heart knowing that you're searching for a long-term solution and one that's sustainable and one that allows for you to have the greatest flexibility uh, with the people you love the most, sharing meals with them, sharing holidays with them, but doing it in a way that feels authentic to your health goals. So that is it. That is what I wanted to share with you today. All right, so let's get to your recipe. Uh, today's recipe is a sweet potato and pomegranate salad. For this recipe, you'll need two sweet potatoes cubed, a tablespoon of olive oil, salt to taste, a tablespoon of lemon juice, a teaspoon of maple syrup, two cups of pomegranate seeds, a half a cup of red onion sliced, and a quarter cup of parsley chopped. First, you're going to preheat your oven to 400 degrees. You're going to toss the sweet potatoes with about a teaspoon of that oil and a little bit of salt and go ahead and bake that for 30 minutes. Meanwhile, in a small bowl, you're going to mix the remaining olive oil, so the remaining two teaspoons, 
the lemon juice and the maple syrup and then just kind of set that on the side. Finally, in a large bowl, you're going to add the pomegranate seeds, the onions, and the parsley. When the sweet potatoes are done baking, you're going to add them into the bowl and then pour on the dressing. Mix that well to coat and go ahead and serve. It's just such a colorful dish. It's a little bit different than a traditional salad, and I really think you're going to love it, uh, especially over the winter months. It's a, it's a nice winter salad. If you want to throw it over a bed of spinach, you can most certainly do that as well, just to add even more dark, rich colors. But let me know if you like that recipe and, and, um, and share it with others if you'd like. All right, guys, I hope you have a fantastic week. I can't wait to be with you again next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish Eat Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricshealth.com. You can also find us on socials. We're on Instagram and Facebook at BodyMetricsHealth. The book Nourish Eat Repeat is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrienne Delgado, and I'll see you next week.